Well, good morning, Radiant Lifers. My name is Josh, assistant pastor here at Radiant Life Church. Glad you could be with us. I don't know about you, but I thought that last song was a little bit country. So in the comments right now, right now, I don't know if this even exists, but if you like country music, put a little, a little cowboy hat emoji, right? Go ahead and throw that in the comments. And if you don't like country music, Put in the skull and crossbones because you know that prolonged exposure to country music will kill you. I'm just saying, just get, so go ahead and throw that in the comments right now. While you're doing that, I just want to talk, we're in our SWAT series, Spiritual Warfare and Tactics. This is episode, I think it's episode five. I might have lost count though. Anyways, if you haven't heard the rest of this series, go to the radiantlife.church/media. You can check those teachings out there. But we're gonna jump in. This has been a journey through the uh, passage in Ephesians chapter six where Paul talks about what we would call the armor of God. We have this in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I'm gonna read a portion of that this morning. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And that is where we're gonna hang out, where we're gonna camp out this morning. We're gonna be talking about the shield of faith. Now, in the previous weeks of this series, we've talked about this idea that, that Paul, the, the, the primary author of this letter to the, the churches in Ephesus, he is, he is imprisoned. He's spent a lot of time chained up to a couple of Roman guards. So he's, he's witnessing uh, maybe them putting on this armor. He sees them in this probably all day, every day. But as I was thinking about the shield of faith, I thought it's interesting when he talks about this, he talks about this shield and how it can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And I thought it's interesting to me that he sees these guards, but as far as we know, Paul has never witnessed a battle, yet he's describing something here that would happen in a battle. Right? I'm guessing, now I don't know because you know, based on the way some of the team here at Radiant Life interacts, Roman guards might have just walked around shooting fiery arrows at each other. I'm not sure. But as far as we know, he does, I mean, we do nerf darts, not fiery arrows, just in case any of you are freaking out right now. But as far as I know, he never witnessed a battle. So allow me to use my imagination. How does Paul know about fiery arrows? How would he be familiar with this? Well, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, Paul is chained to these guards. And, and I've never spent a lot of time chained to a prisoner, like as my primary occupation. I've, I've never done that personally. But it sounds really boring. So I imagine that as these guards are standing there like, hey, I'm Rufus and, and I'm Claudius, right? The guards, those are probably stereotypical Roman names. If your name is Rufus or Claudius, I'm sorry, I don't mean any offense to you. But they're standing there 
And Claudius is like, man, like I'm one hour into my shift chained to this guy, Paul. Like this is boring. Wait, was this Claudius? This was Claudius. Hey, hey, Rufus. Rufus, dude, I have got to tell you about the battle that I was in a couple of years back. And let me tell you what. And you get these guys and they start to swap battle stories. And Paul is sitting there and maybe he's like, oh, dude, that's, that's good. He's talking about some fiery arrows. Uh, that's some good stuff. I'm going to use that in my letter to the churches in Ephesus. But he had these guards, right? And, and this, is a, this, is a, this is not a, a real life picture of Roman soldiers, just in case you, know, you wonder, this is a reenactment. But you have this Roman shield. And this is not like a little tiny thing, right? This is a, this is a, big, a big piece of equipment, a heavy piece of equipment. These could be three and a half to four feet tall, two feet wide. This was a, a large piece of the armor. So you've got these Roman soldiers that use these and they carry these into battle. So when Paul is talking about the shield of faith, he's talking about this kind of a shield. And we're gonna unpack that just a little bit here this morning. But first, as you, as you think about this shield, right, the, the Roman soldier's shield would have been made of either wood or bronze and probably some layers of leather. Right, and this would have, they would have used this. And before they would go into battle, Roman soldiers would soak their shield in water because it was not uncommon in battle for enemies to use arrows that had been set on fire. So when Paul talks about fiery darts, this isn't just like a, oh, hey, because we're talking about spiritual battle and the devil's from hell and it's a bunch of fire, fiery arrows. No, he's talking, this was a real-life battle tactic that you would light your arrows on fire. As they progressed, they would actually fill arrows with combustible liquids and launch these, and then they would hit and they would explode. It was crazy. Uh, we still do this. We just call them missiles and smart bombs and you know, stuff like that. But Paul is writing, and he's talking about these, these shields, and he's talking about these fiery arrows. But for us, in a, in a spiritual sense, for our spiritual battle, Right? He's using these, these flesh and blood images to describe a spiritual battle. Right? So, so we don't have to be worried about people actually shooting fiery arrows at us. And we don't have to worry about lugging around a giant shield like this all day. He says we have a shield of faith. And in Greek, the word that we would translate faith is this, pistis. Pistis. Turn to your neighbor and say pistis. Unless it's your grandma, she might be offended. I'm not sure. Mine probably would if I turned to my grandma and said pistis. But this is the word, and this is what it means. Conviction of the truth of anything. Belief in the New Testament of a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. So when we talk about this shield of faith, we are talking about a shield that is comprised of the things that we hold to be true. That is the shield of faith. And Paul tells us to take up the shield of faith. And I want to talk about four things. I'm going to call them shield shoulds. These are four things that you should do to take up the shield of faith. The first thing is this. You should know what your shield is made of. Know what your shield is made of. And and there's a couple of aspects to this. The first aspect is this. If faith is the conviction of what you hold to be true, the conviction of what is true, right? you need to know what you believe is true. And I would add to that, you need to know why you believe that that is true. What do you believe and why do you believe that? Here's why, right? If we are in spiritual battle 
and we have an enemy that is out to destroy us and he's throwing these, the spiritual version of fiery darts at us and our faith is what we use to deflect and extinguish those fiery darts. What it is made of matters. If Romans went into battle with a shield that was made of cardboard like mine and they were hit with fiery darts, they would be in trouble. And this is why they would soak those shields. There was a purpose behind why they made their shields the way that they did. And you're going to be in a world of hurt if, for example, you believe that good, good things will only happen to you if you're a good person. And that if you're a good person, bad things won't happen to you. Maybe you think as a follower of Jesus, well, if I follow Jesus, I will always be healthy and I will always have a Cadillac in the garage and, I will, and you believe these things, you're in for a world of hurt, brother. You, you really are. You need to look at what you believe and why. What is the basis for your belief? Because what you carry into battle, what that is constructed of matters. What you believe matters. The other aspect to this, right, and so we think, oh, that's just, that's like head knowledge, right? I think there are a couple of aspects to our beliefs. One of them is actually engaging with what Scripture says, right? Looking at what is in Scripture and engaging with that. Say, oh, well, it says this. I'm gonna wrestle with that. Do I believe that? So maybe what you, what you believe about scripture matters. What you believe about who Jesus is and what he came to do, that matters. And that might seem like it's, it's more of just that intelligent aspect of, well, well, I think this is true. We'll get into more of that here in a minute. So there's that. But the other piece of this is looking back over your life and knowing how God and recognizing how God has worked in your life. If you read through scripture, particularly the Older Testament, like you'll see God coming to the nation of Israel again and again and again, and he will remind them how he has operated in the past. He will say, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. You guys are freaking out about something. Don't you remember? I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of slavery. I brought you across the Red Sea. I did all of these things. These are the ways that I have worked in your life before why now do you doubt that I will continue to do the same thing? So there is also this element of the ways that you have experienced God working in the past. Now, I want to be a little bit careful here because sometimes we can, we can swing to one extreme or the other. On the one hand, we think of our faith as just an intellectual assent to a set of ideas. Oh, well, I believe that this is true. And it's, it's purely an intellectual exercise for us. But on the other side, it's only ever the experiential piece. And we say, oh, like I felt God moving today. Great, but what about the days where you don't feel God moving? If it's only ever experiential, you're probably setting yourself up for a world of hurt. If it's only intellectual, you're missing out. So we have those two aspects to what our shield is made of, what our faith is made of, what it is based on. The next should. You should pick up the shield with purpose, and this is connected to the last point. When I say pick up your shield with purpose, what I mean is this. Live like what you say you believe is true. Live like what you say you believe 
is true. So if you, if you say, oh, well, you know what? I've, I've been reading through scripture. There's some pretty cool verses in there. There's, there's some verses about how God will take care of me, about how God will provide. But then when you get into a situation where you are in need and you freak out, you say, oh, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? You say, I believe that God is my provider, but when it comes down to the wire, do you live like you believe that God is your provider? Do you, Jesus says, hey, I'm gonna send you my Holy Spirit. He will always be with you. He will be with you. He will be with you. He will be with you. But you have these moments where you, you, you freak out and you're like, oh, like I just, I just again, that experiential piece, I don't, I don't feel like God is here. Well, you might say that you believe that, that God is always with you through the Holy Spirit, but when it's down to the wire, do you actually live like he is always with you? You might read words from Paul in the book of Colossians chapter three, where he talks about this list of, of labels that people use. He says, here there's no, there's no Jew or Gentile, Scythian, barbarian, circumcised or uncircumcised. And you might say, oh yeah, well I, I believe that all those words that Paul wrote are true and those are good. But yet, are you somebody who lives a life that is marked by separating people into categories when what Paul is saying is, no, if we are in Jesus, that is our identity. That is the badge that we wear. You don't, so if you say, hey, I believe, I believe scripture, I believe that this is true, yet you live in such a way that, that we, we segregate and we separate and we divide there's, a, there's a, a misalignment between what you say you believe and the way you live your life. Picking up your shield with purpose is living a life of faith-inspired action. James, the half-brother of Jesus, talks about this. He says, he says, hey, you say you have faith, but if there's not any action to back it up, your faith is dead and useless. I don't, I don't want to stand before God someday and have him like, yeah, you're pretty much dead and useless. Like, <laughs> that'd be a bummer of a day. Your faith should inspire action. Do you live like what you believe you say is true is true? Next, to take up your shield, that shield of faith, you should know the direction of attack. Here's what I mean by this, right? As, as you go into battle, Right, I mean, you hopefully, and, and I don't, I've, I've never been in battle outside of paintball or nerf or a little archery tag every now and then. Right? But if you don't know where the attack is coming from, you're, you're probably gonna get mowed down. Just saying. And when we talk about this in a spiritual sense, right, because if those fiery darts are, are the lies that the devil whispers into our ear, if they're the, the temptations Right, if, they're the, if they're the things that constantly trip us up, if they're the unexpressed doubts that we just wrestle with, again, these, these fiery darts that would have been used in battle, the impact of the fire wasn't necessarily like, oh, hey, guys, this will be super cool. We're gonna burn everybody. But if I'm lugging around a shield that's made out of wood and an arrow that is on fire sticks into it, and I haven't, maybe I forgot, you know, maybe Rufus over here, Rufus was a doofus. <laughs> that wasn't even in my notes, right? And one day he goes into battle and he forgets to soak his shield. 
right? And he's got this shield made out of wood. Flaming arrow sticks in his shield. What do you think is going to happen to that shield over a little bit of time? It's going to start on fire. How effective is his shield going to be when it's like a flaming hunk of wood and bronze and leather? Not very effective. So these fiery darts are things, they do have the potential to pierce, right? An arrow, man, maybe you're, you dropped your shield, you haven't picked it up, you get stuck with an arrow, you're gone. Right? But the fiery aspect, the fact that Paul highlights that is worth paying attention to because these fiery darts are something that leads to gradual damage. Over time, it, it wears away the defenses or if I'm moving together with some of my fellow soldiers and, and there are these fiery arrows and, and now, hey, the ground is on fire here. The ground is on fire over there. Okay, now we have to change the way we approach the battle. And those fiery arrows can be a distraction and they can dissolve our defenses. That's why Paul says you better extinguish those buggers, man, because that'll, that'll take you out. So if those in our lives are these lies and these temptations and these doubts that we wrestle with, not that doubts are wrong, but we get into trouble when we just, we, we let those simmer and we never talk about or express the doubts that we're feeling. These are the weak spots that we have. Right, the idea that maybe I'm more prone to things. I don't know where it's coming from. Right, like that. <laughs> like that. If, if it's a weak spot for me, Maybe for some of us, this, is, this would be like maybe if you're, a, if you're a recovering alcoholic, probably the place you shouldn't go to hang out with your friends is the local bar, right? Because that's an area where like, ooh, I have to pay extra attention here. It's those weak spots. Maybe if you have a, an addiction to pornography, it means you know you're gonna be home alone. Maybe you gotta, you gotta cut, hey, I gotta get out of the house. I gotta be somewhere else. I've gotta like go cut the wires to the internet. This is when you have those areas where you know that you are more susceptible, you have to pay closer attention because if you know the direction of attack and you're going into battle, right, and you've got the shield up, guess what? Guess what? You're good. Did you see those mad blocking skills right there? Get that out of here. That's what I'm talking about. Know the direction of attack and you will be able to more effectively defend against it so for us right in, in real life practical application that's identifying those areas of our life where maybe we're more prone to listen to the lies that the devil whispers in your ear maybe you know and I really struggle with with hanging on to who I am in Jesus what my identity is in Jesus you know that that's a weak spot for you. So man, you gotta, you gotta shore up your defenses and you know, hey, if I start to hear, to hear those lies, if I start to feel, ah, uh, like I'm really wrestling with this, you've got, man, I know what I believe and I know why I believe it. Jesus says, this is who I am. This is connected to the belt of truth. When Pastor Ryan taught that week too, he said, this is the core support. The belt is that truth that we hang on to. The faith is when we're in the middle of battle, we get that up and we say, nuh-uh, we say, I know who I am in Christ because Jesus told me who I am in him and I'm, gonna, and I'm gonna walk in the belief that that is true. Now, real quick, I wanna, this is not just a, a matter of blind faith. Sometimes when we talk about faith, we get this, oh, it's like a leap of faith, like I have no idea what's going on. That isn't the faith that we have. Right? This is not just a, a, a set of, oh, like, oh, I hope this is true. 
This is, this is being convinced based on the evidence, I would say. This isn't, this isn't blind. This is, man, there's all kinds of evidence that Jesus was who he said he was. And saying, you know what, that's, that's good enough for me. And we have that confidence. So then we can say, you know what, there's, there's a pretty good case that Jesus was who he said he was. And if Jesus was who he said he was, then I should probably pay close attention to the things that he said, the way he said that we should live our lives, the things that I should believe about myself. I should pay close attention to those things. And so when those fiery darts of identity come at you, you can say, no, like, I know that that's a lie. Get that out of here. When that temptation comes at you and it sticks in your brain and you're like, ooh, what if I just, but you say, no, you know what, that is not the life that God calls me to. I know and I believe, I am convinced that it is true that I have the power of the Holy Spirit living within me and because of that, because of what Jesus has done, because I'm clothed in his righteousness, I am not a slave to sin. So when I have that temptation, I don't have to say, oh, well, I guess so. You can say, no, that isn't what God calls me to. And the last of our shield shoulds is this. You should use your shield cooperatively. Now, in the Western world, we tend to be rather individualistic in our thinking. But Rome did not become the empire that it did by saying, hey, Rufus, hey, grab a shield, grab a sword, grab a helmet and a breastplate, all that crap. Get out there, go kill some people. That isn't how Rome built their empire. The Roman military, and not that they were necessarily original to Rome. Other, other militaries had used these tactics before, and some of these are actually still, still utilized. They really mastered the art of using this shield together. So I have my shield, and Claudius has his shield, and together we get those shields next to each other. They actually had a formation. I don't remember the word in Greek or Latin or whatever, but it's basically the turtle. So all the guys in front are walking. Maybe you've seen this in some movies, right? And they're walking down front. You got guys in the back with the shields overhead. It's really hard to take out an army that's covered on all sides. We are called to use our shields cooperatively. Yes, there is an individual aspect to your faith. Nobody else can decide for you whether or not you come into that relationship with Jesus. But it is, not, it is not just an individual issue. All throughout Scripture, we see this, this imagery of a body that we are called to come together with other believers and we all function together as one. So when it comes to using your faith, you gotta get in community. We talk about that a lot here at Radiant Life because we see that in Scripture. We see Jesus model community. So you gotta grab your shield. Claudius has gotta grab his shield. Rufus has gotta grab his shield. And you guys go into this battle together. You will have greater protection because hey, let's bounce back to, to knowing your weak spots. Right, if you have people around you who are gonna speak truth into your life, when you're walking through a time and you're like, man, I'm really wrestling with this, and you have people that are gonna help hold you accountable, when you have people that are gonna hold your feet to the fire and say, man, you know that that isn't what Jesus calls you to, 
What are you doing? When you have that type of community, you will be under far greater protection. When you have a community to where you can go in and you can say, man, I screwed up this week, guys. And you have a place where you have, you have room for confession, repentance. That will be much better than you picking up your shoes and saying, hey, I got this, guys, I got this. I can go it alone. Lone wolf isn't in the kingdom of Jesus vocabulary. Use your shield cooperatively. Now we see this play out in a, in a, in a little bit different of a way in one of the gospels where we see, we see four friends come together and we've talked about this here at Radiant Life before. Right? But you have these guys and they carry their friend who's paralyzed and they lower him down to Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, the faith of your friends has healed you. Your faith isn't just for your benefit. Your faith has the capability to expand and bless other people. In fact, some of you right now have maybe been given the spiritual gift of faith. And as with any spiritual gift, spiritual gifts are meant to build up the body. They are not for you to just be like, whoa, I have awesome faith. Look at me, it's cool. It's so you can build up the body. The body work cooperatively with your shield. As you face attack, as those, those fiery darts, those lies, the temptations, the doubts, as those things come in, man, you just gotta, you just gotta grab, grab that shield. You gotta have shields up. Shields up in the middle of the battle, hanging on and saying, you know what? It doesn't look like it right now, but God's got this. Shields up, blocking that arrow, blocking that arrow. You're advancing. Shields up. I have the worship team come on up here. But I I wanna pray for all of us here this morning. And maybe you're wrestling. Maybe right now you don't, you know, when I said, hey, like, know what your shield is made of. Know what you believe and why. Maybe you're wrestling because you're not even sure what you believe. I want to encourage you to wrestle with that. And I would say this, whether, whether you're, a, you're a follower of Jesus or you're, you're, a, you're a Hindu or a Muslim or an atheist, anybody who might have stumbled onto our Facebook page or YouTube channel and you're watching this today, I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Ask yourself, what do you believe and why do you believe it? Because I think on both sides of the aisle, right, we see this, I, you know, I grew up in the church and it's really easy to think, oh, hey, I grew up in the church. Mom and dad are, a, you know, they're following Jesus. Grandpa and grandma are following Jesus. My great-grandparents are following Jesus. But I guess I'll follow Jesus. Okay, Cool. And you have, you have kind of this like salvation by association kind of thing, which I, I don't think is actually in the Bible. Right? And, and, and we just think, oh, well, I guess uh, this is just what I do. This is what I am. And you never actually grapple with what you believe. What do you believe and why? 
Again, maybe you're, maybe you're watching today and, and you don't. You would say, there's no God. This, this is a joke, right? Well, how did you arrive at that belief? I think a lot of us, and again, I mean, whether you're in the church or you're not, we're really good at parroting things that other people have said. We're really good at, well, hey, this is what mom and dad think. We see this play out uh, with faith. We see this play out with politics. We see this play out in all arenas of life. We're just parroting what somebody else has told us. Don't be lazy. Don't just, and I'll, I'll say this, and I've said it from this platform before, don't even just take my word. Well, hey, I believe this because Pastor Josh said this in a message one time, or Pastor Ryan said this in a message one time. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Don't believe it just because somebody with a microphone on a stage said something. Even if the word pastor shows up before their name. Don't just believe it because they said it. Man, grab scripture, dig in and say, hey, is what they said, is that even in here? If it isn't, delete this video. Call us and be like, you guys suck. Like what you said wasn't even in the Bible. You can do that. My email, josh at theradiantlife.church. You go ahead, you shoot me that email. I will respond lovingly. Don't just take our words for it. Wrestle with what you believe. Because what you believe is what your shield is made of. And is that the shield you want to carry into battle? Father God, Lord, I just pray that you would move in each heart. Lord, as, as we wrestle with, with what it is we believe, Lord, that you would draw us to your word, that you would draw us to the truth that you have spoken to us. Lord, that we wouldn't just rely on experiences, that we wouldn't rely on emotional highs one time at camp when I was 17, that we wouldn't just rely on these things all around us. Lord, but that you would draw us to your word. Lord, that we would wrestle with it. And Lord, I, I believe, like, if anybody puts your word to the test, Lord, you will prove yourself true. It's for each one today. Draw them closer draw them closer. Lord, I pray for us as we engage in battle. Lord, as, as the enemy sends lies, as he sends temptations, as he tries to trip us up. Lord, may we lift that shield. May we take it up and say, Lord, you got this. I don't have to give in to that temptation. I don't have to believe that lie. I can talk about these doubts. Lord, you're bigger than our doubts. You can handle it. Lord, I pray that as we take up our shield, we would lock shields with our brothers and our sisters on either side and that together we would advance against the enemy, that together we would advance your kingdom. Lord, I pray right now for anybody who is listening 
And they've avoided community. They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want people calling them out. They don't want to confess. They don't want to repent. They don't want any of the aspects that you model for us in community. Lord, I pray that you would convict them right now with your Holy Spirit. Lord, that is what you call us to. There's no lone wolves in your kingdom. Lord, I pray that as we do look at our lives, though, that we would be able to recognize the ways that you have worked. That we would be able to look back and say, man, this is the God who brought me out of addiction. That this is the God who brought me out of a life defined by slavery. Lord, and that we would, the next time we go into battle, we would say, Lord, you've done it before. I know you can do it again. And Lord, you will. We know that in the end, you have victory. We thank you for it. Lord, we praise you for it. And in your name, and looking forward to the next time you do it again, we praise you. Amen. Amen.